0: for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Allie Bloyd, and we're going to talk about Facebook organic content for local businesses. Now, this is really important because whether you're a local business or not, I think you're going to find a lot of value. So listen to this episode. What we're going to focus in on is a strategy that you can use for your business with content and how you can connect that content to ads to really take your marketing to the next level for your business. By the way, you want to reach me? I'm at Stelsner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And one last thing before we go to the interview if you're new to this podcast, would you hit the subscribe button? I've got some amazing content coming down the stream for you. Okay, let's transition over to this week's interview with Allie Bloyd. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Helping you to simplify your social safari.
1: Here is this week's expert guide.
0: Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Allie Bloyd. If you don't know who Allie is, she is a local Facebook marketing expert and host of the Marketing Inc. podcast. She's the founder of Allie Bloyd Media a business that specializes in training local business marketers. Her course is called Remodel Your Marketing. Allie, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you so very much for having me. Super excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you. Today, Allie and I will explore how local businesses can create organic content that helps them build a loyal following that eventually will turn into customers. So, Allie, let me open with this question. Local businesses, why organic content and specifically on Facebook? Tell me... Because I'm sure some local businesses are like, I just use ads. I don't know why I should consider using organic content. Maybe they've heard the algorithm doesn't work anymore. I don't know. Talk to us a little bit, you know?
1: So ultimately, the way that we like to create our content should be able to be used with paid ads or organically, I wouldn't necessarily think about, you know, should I be splitting these up when I'm taking those first steps to create it? But ultimately what a local business really needs to do online is develop a relationship with their community. They need to be seen as the expert in their field. They really want a two-way conversation with their audience that you just can't really get on other platforms. So if you can create content that showcases your expertise, your credibility, builds the trust factor, and also gets people really excited about either what you do or ultimately who you are as a business owner or as a team. You're going to be much more likely to convert them with paid advertising, and that content itself can convert people as well. So it's really just a win-win all around.
0: Well, and we're recording this in June of 2020, which is still during COVID-19, right? And There are a lot of people at home still working at home. Right. And they are on Facebook all the time, which is another thing. Right. Like they're living on Facebook. Right. Mm -hmm. Or on Netflix. Right. (laughs) One of the two. (laughs) Right. And if they're on Facebook a lot and they don't see stuff from you, then you're not really going to be remembered. I would imagine. Right. When things start opening back up. Is there a little bit of that at play here, too?
1: absolutely i mean this is something really that i've been doing or that i've been helping my clients or students with for years at this point but i think that there has never been a more important time because for a lot of business owners they rely on a couple of different things to get their clients one could be in person networking so i'm the president of a bni group and even though we're having zoom meetings every single week instead of in person meetings we don't actually get that one to one networking time which ultimately leads to a lot of referrals. You're also not going to have people driving quite as much and they're not going to be able to see maybe it's a large sign that you have for your business or a billboard or something that reminds them of you. They're also not necessarily in touch with their friends in person quite as much as they normally would be. And that also is going to lead to a decrease in referrals. So you need to be present online where people are. You have to show up in front of them because they may not be getting out at this point.
0: Yeah. And who knows how long this is going to last. Right. And maybe your local business is near some sort of an anchor thing. And maybe that anchor thing isn't really open or maybe it's like, maybe there's a big restaurant in the mall that you're in and and it's not open or it went out of business. Right. And all of a sudden it's like all that like little peripheral traffic that you would get because you were near this big fish isn't there anymore. Right.
1: A hundred percent.
0: So it's really important that businesses, small businesses, local businesses understand the importance of showing up. And that's really kind of, I think, what we're going to be talking about today. I'm sure what's on a lot of people's mind right now is like, all right, you've kind of made the case, Ali, that it's important to participate in the social platform known as Facebook that the whole world seems to be active on. But I have no clue what in the world to post. I don't know what to create. Let's talk that through a little bit and give some people some thoughts and inspiration.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately, what you talk about in your content, in my opinion, is the single most important thing outside of simply doing it. And what I've seen far too frequently is that local businesses have no idea what type of content to create. So they either spend time creating things that are really just they're not well thought out on the front end, so they become afterthoughts. They don't actually do anything to drive them closer to the goals they want to reach or help generate more leads or sales. They're just these little pieces that maybe have nothing to do with their business. I always make a joke of, you know, if you're posting funny cat videos and happy Friday images on your social platforms. That literally does nothing for your business. It's not showing people who you are. It's not getting them excited about your product or service. It has no value. So the time that you spent putting that out there because you felt like you had to, it was truthfully just wasted. And I think that a lot of businesses, they really need to... Understand that it's not necessarily how much time they spend and how many posts per week that they're putting out there. It's the quality of the things that they are saying because the way that the algorithm works Business pages by nature are just not going to reach a very large percentage of the people that actively follow them or have said that they like them. So even if you are putting out these different things to your existing customer base or your existing follower base, They're really not going to see them on a large scale, and they're also not going to be any more interested in what you do based on that post. So instead of thinking about how many times a day or how many times a month should I be putting something out there, ask yourself, what is going to make the biggest impact in the minds of my consumers or potential consumers that would show them just how much they need me or show them how much they need whatever it is that I provide. And once you can really understand that the engagement of very specific content types will directly improve the results of your paid advertising, the sooner you will be to seeing the great results that everyone out there is looking for. So ultimately, what you need to ask yourself is a couple of different questions. Number one, really, what are my products and services? What are my industries or the niches within my industry? And also, what do my ideal clients really care about or focus on? So one example could be a student that we worked with that is a running store. So a running store could obviously talk about running, (laughs) but there's a lot of other things that they need to be talking about that will not only encourage their existing customer base to buy more running shoes, but also to drive a brand new category of consumers, and that could be people who exercise but do not run, Mm -hmm. they could actually encourage them to start running, or it could be these people who they pick up running, they're interested, maybe they wanna do a 5K and really see if they can do it, but they're unsure if they're gonna be able to stick it out. If a business can create content for those people to actually help them succeed with that thing, that is ultimately a brand new customer that they could have created. Because if that person does not stick it out with running, they're never gonna be going to a running store frequently. So content actually gives us the power to connect with new segments of our market by educating them, encouraging them, and showing them that there are new and better ways to do things. So for this specific business, they wanted to talk about running shoes. And that's really the theme that I see with everyone. They have products and services, and they believe that those are the only things they have to talk about. But it goes so far beyond that. So if you can make a list of anywhere between 10 to 15 core categories, that's really the start of the process. So for this specific business, they would have running, they would have exercise, they would have health overall. They could have nutrition. They could have self-care as a category. Family, because a lot of the people who shop with them, they're families. Maybe things they could do with their children. Safety. Community. Safety, absolutely. Things that you can do as a community is also a great one for any local business because people actually do care about different things going on in their city that are very localized. And sometimes it could have you know, a direct relation to what you do or sell, but sometimes it doesn't have to. You can be a place where people are able to find out about new and cool things as one of those categories that you choose. So there's a lot of things that they could be talking about, but just saying those 10 to 15 categories doesn't usually bring a local business owner any closer to having an idea of what they should really be talking about. So the goal here is to Not only identify what are those core products and services, the industries, the related industries, maybe the core topics of interest to your buyers, and even some adjacent categories, things that are similar, but just tie into what you do. Once you have those down, we really just want to break them down farther and farther until we understand exactly what we can be talking about.
0: So let's say I'm the running store, okay? And I don't know these things? Like, how do I even get to these things? Like, how do I even know to come up with all these different ideas? Like, where do I find this stuff? Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: I do. So ultimately that can be a challenge for people. And that first step, it really should come from knowing your industry, knowing your customer and knowing the products and services that that you provide, because these are as general as we're going to get in this process. So if you're finding it challenging to list 10 to 15 very general categories that are very related to what you do, you simply need to go back and learn more about your business, more about your customers, more about the things that are also of interest to them. There are a lot of ways that we can find some of these specific topics, but we're never really going to get there unless we have those core categories down. And so that can be something that holds people back. But if you really just list out those things that I mentioned, what Services or products do I provide? So, for the example of the running store, they provide running shoes. So, running shoes could be a core category. They actually have enough content with that one category to have endless content topics. Or we could call it running. There's a lot of different ways to go about this. But if running shoes was one of their categories, running could also be a category because there's a lot more to running than the running shoes. They also sell compression. Devices for knees and ankles and Mm. feet and things like that, that could be another category because they have a lot of families that shop with them. Family activities could be one. Nature could be another because that's where running is done. It's done outside primarily. Exercise, because running is an exercise. So you're really just looking for these broad things that are related to what you do. And it may just be a brainstorming process for you if you've never had to go through this before. But it really shouldn't be too terribly difficult for someone to come up with a pretty solid list of those core 10 to 15 categories if they're really trying to think about who they serve, what they serve them with, and really those related categories to their industry as a whole.
0: So why are we doing these categories? Like give us a little tease of where we're going with this.
1: So we're going to come up with potentially hundreds of specific content topics that are gonna allow you to not have to think about this process quite as hard because typically the biggest challenge for a business owner is that they have no idea what to talk about. So if we can eliminate the challenge of not knowing what to talk about because you don't have a very clear topic, we empower them to be able to create this content much more easily. So we're going to get super specific down to very individualized topics. And then I really want to talk about, what those topics are going to allow us to do or know about our audience, which is truthfully the most powerful thing here. Cool. So if you don't know what you're gonna say, it's tough. And that's really why we have to go through this content topic process.
0: Cool, so keep going.
1: So after we've got those core 10 to 15 categories, it's really the same process. We're gonna start breaking those down. So if you can list anywhere between three and 5 subcategories for each of those core categories that you have put together, you're going to be ready for that next step. So what this might look like is if we have running as one of those core categories, then we're going to say, okay, what are three to five things that I could discuss within running? One of them could be running form. One of them could be running trails. One of them could be running shoes and one of them could be exercises for runners, potentially. Mm -hmm. So you're going to start to see some overlap between your subcategories and maybe some related core categories, but that doesn't matter because all we're doing is trying to break things down as specifically as possible so that it just makes our lives a little bit easier when we're trying to come up with those final topics. So if I said that nutrition was going to be one of my core categories. I could say breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Those are four subcategories of nutrition. But but saying breakfast, that's not a topic. We're not just going to say, I'm here to talk about breakfast today. So ultimately, you still have to break them down further. But there are so many different ways that we can break these things
0: down. By the way, you could just say like recovery food, right? Like after a long run, like, cause your muscles, you know, your muscles need certain kinds of things or whatever. Right. So you could educate people, even though some people are like, yeah, but I, I don't sell food, but talk, talk about that. Right. What's the connection to the business? Cause some people are like, oh, hold on a second. If I'm talking about food and I sell shoes, <laughs> answer that yes. real quick.
1: So this is a really important thing and it's something I was actually just talking to one of my students during their strategy session right before this interview. So sometimes it's not about what we sell it's about our audience and what their consumption of our content says about them Mm. so ultimately every local business they don't have this crazy advertising budget they don't have all the time in the world and their goal if you ask most of them is not necessarily to get unlimited leads it's to get leads that actually need what they sell and have the ability to buy it. They just want more qualified leads. So in my personal opinion, the most qualified lead is going to come from someone who has raised their hand by consuming your content. And for a local business, in terms of your ad targeting, which I know we'll talk about this later, but ultimately you really have to realize that There isn't just a magic button that says, oh, let me select people who are interested in running in my local area, and I'm going to assume that they all are going to need me. Some businesses have a little bit easier time doing that than others, but sometimes the audience of your local area is simply too small to really do that successfully. You may have to start out pretty broad by just a geographic location maybe you could do gender targeting, maybe you could do age targeting, but you're not going to have the ability to choose this one interest and have an audience large enough for it to matter. So what we want to do is use this content to say, does this show me by them consuming or engaging with my content that they are a really qualified potential prospect for me? And so what we could do in terms of, that food and the running store is that if I'm putting out a piece of content that says five great recovery foods for runners, then if somebody's watching that video for any significant amount of time, or if someone is clicking on that link to go to that blog that talks about that topic, or if someone is sharing that post or liking or commenting on that post, it shows me, that they're a runner or they're a wannabe runner because no one who isn't interested in that would care about recovery foods for runners. And so you want the content to really help identify who is a great person for me. And one thing to kind of note there is that you are going to have to base this on your avatars. So like I talked about earlier, we've got those people who are very experienced runners. And then we also have people who maybe they have never run before, but they're thinking about it. And then also those newbie runners who really want to stick it out. The topics that appeal to those three different people, they're very different. I mean, you don't necessarily need to talk about the benefits of running or tips to stick it out as a new runner. If you're speaking to a marathon runner, they just don't need that. So you can't expect that every topic is going to work for everyone, but that's really why understanding who it is that you're selling to in the beginning is such an important part of this process. Sometimes it might be an audience that you want to sell more to. Maybe you've never really thought about selling to that person who hasn't even started running yet. But if I could put out great content consistently, maybe to a larger mass group in my local area that talks about you know, why running has become more important than ever during COVID-19. So for example, gyms were closed. Running actually did become pretty important. There could have been a ton of people who needed information on this, but they didn't really know where to go. Maybe they saw that as their only real opportunity to get some fresh air and to stay in shape. So for that person, you know, we could put out a video that talks about three ways to really become a better runner if you're just getting started after your gym is closed. And obviously that's not the best title, but you see what I'm saying. We really have to cater it to these avatars. And so by understanding who your core avatars are is crucial, but also trying to identify, are there any that you've never really gone out of your way to connect with? Maybe you didn't see them as quite as important as they really are, or maybe sometimes it's just identifying at what stage of that buying cycle or that awareness level of my product and service, could someone be the best possible customer for me? So when I was talking to the running store, I really see those new runners as such a great opportunity Because they need the most help. They need the most education and they want someone to guide them. They really could not rely on this store for just shoes. They could be their running consultant. And if you can build a relationship with your audience at the earliest stage of when they need your help, you have the ability to be with them for a very long time and just deepen the relationship before they ever seek out any other businesses in your industry. So you can just block the competition, make the relationship stronger. And like I said, actually drive a new group of consumers towards your business that may have never even been there before without your content.
0: Powerful stuff. So we've talked about identifying the 10 to 15 categories and then identifying three to five subcategories. Is there any other part of this process?
1: Yeah, and that's actually coming up with those very specific topics that you're going to talk about. Once you've got those three to five subcategories, you really want to start breaking those down further. So if I were to say running was my core category, now running shoes was one of those subcategories, How am I going to break down running shoes? Well, truthfully, there's a ton of ways to do it. So what I suggest is that if you're a business owner that knows anything about your industry, you should be able to start coming up with ideas off of that alone. And it doesn't matter if you can only have one for each category and you just say, which running shoes are best for me? Well, that's a great start. You just want to fill in as much as you can on your own before you start doing a lot of web searches. And I think that that's because as a business owner, you should have had a good amount of interaction with potential clients and clients. You know what they're asking more than anyone. You know what they're interested in more than anyone. And you know what they don't know. So sometimes it's not always giving someone an answer they're looking for, it's telling them an answer to something that they didn't even realize they needed. If you can go ahead and fill out as many specifics about those subcategories as possible before we dive into the rest of the process, you're going to be in a much better position. Cool. So for instance, having three to five topics. So we went from category to subcategory and now we're actually doing the topics. You could have three to five topics for each one of your subcategories. So if we had five subcategories and five topics for each of them, we could have 25 things in this one column. Well, 25 pieces of content is more pieces of content that most people are putting out in a month. So you actually could have two months worth of topics if you were doing, let's say, three pieces of content per week, just from one category that we put together. So as you can see, this is going to be hundreds of different topics. But ultimately, coming to what those are is really the process we have to go through. So if I'm looking at that running shoes example, and I start thinking, okay, what are people really asking me? How do I know what shoe is the best fit? You know, should running shoes be tighter or looser? Are there certain types of shoelaces to prevent me from tripping in my running shoes, which brands of running shoes are best for runners, which running shoes allow me to put less pressure on my knees, which running shoes are best for people with flat feet. I mean, literally the list goes on and on and on and on. You could break down running shoes in so many different ways that I would consider that as one of your core categories, because you could say style, you could say size, you could say brand, or maybe like the look of it. And then you could also talk about, you know, maybe some specific upgrades or fancier things that people have, such as, you know, when they have the shocks and the little springs and running shoes. Mm-hmm. So you could get so, so, so specific. And ultimately, going through this process, it's not even going to give you every topic you're ever going to have. It's really just giving you a great starting point. In understanding what you can speak about that's educational, value-based, that your audience is going to love, but ultimately that will help funnel people towards the actual sale in your business.
0: So we've got tons of topics. You suggested I ask you about triggering events. What is that exactly? How does that play into all this?
1: Yeah. So we kind of touched on it briefly without realizing it, and that is when someone first becomes more aware that they need you or maybe a moment in time where someone becomes most receptive to what you have to offer. And every single business is going to have some type of triggering event. Understanding the reasons why your clients come to you, that's a great place to start. Just listening to the conversations that you're having with them. If you're not asking people either on the phone or in person, you know, what made you come by today or what made you schedule this appointment or what brought you on this call today? Those are very powerful questions to ask that will help you moving forward. And I definitely consider keeping a list of all these things, but those triggering events, in my opinion, are the best places to create content around. And what I mean by that is, let's say that we're still talking about our running store, a triggering event honestly was covid 19 for a lot of people
0: yeah that's what I was thinking
1: that was really more of a blanket triggering event than has ever happened in my opinion right but for a lot of people it's individual so maybe it's something where I realize I want to lose 15 pounds yeah maybe and, it's New
0: year's right and you have a resolution right that could be a triggering event
1: absolutely it? um you know for some people it's like Maybe you have some type of injury that prevents you from lifting weights like you normally do. Mm -hmm. And it's really going to come down to understanding your customers and knowing what brings them to you. But it's very different for a lot of people. So one thing that I try and mention, because this is a really great example, in my opinion, is what is that best place to build a relationship that'll last a lifetime? And a couple of different examples that we can share. One we already talked about, and that was capturing that brand new runner, that person who decides they're going to try this out for the first time. And a lot of times it is a 5k that starts people to attempt running because it's not that far. It makes them feel really good. It gives them something to train for. So that could be a great place to start. For one of our students, they are a photographer. They really like to focus on weddings. They do lifestyle photography for, you know, maternity photos, newborn photos, family photos. So for this specific person, their triggering event is when someone gets engaged, because that is the moment where most people for the first time in their lives, start thinking about professional photography. So if we can capture them at that engagement photo stage, build a relationship, wow them with value, show them how great we are, they may never leave us because why would they? If you're happy with somebody that's providing a service or that you're buying a product from, you're not continuing to shop around. So building the relationship when the competition is minimal, in my opinion, is huge. Another example could be a chiropractor who is really trying to potentially just build a larger customer base, or maybe there's someone who their offer focuses on prenatal adjustments. So those are chiropractic adjustments for women when they're pregnant. If that is a triggering event, which it is, we would want to create content around that because at that moment in time, when a woman's pregnant, she is thinking more about her health than ever before because she's got somebody else to think about. So you try things you would not normally try. You're also more open to holistic options because you're not supposed to be taking a lot of medications and things like that. So that's such a great time to start sharing the benefits of what you do with this specific person. Sometimes it's not even about being a chiropractor and getting an adjustment. We could say five ways to become healthier during pregnancy. Pregnancy should be a core category if that's a group of people you want to focus on. So if I'm watching that video or I'm clicking on that topic to read that blog, I'm clearly showing that business that I'm either planning to become pregnant or I'm already pregnant or I have a close friend or family member that's pregnant. Otherwise, I have no reason to look at this. So by doing that, we now know, okay, this person that's engaging, they are who I'm looking for for this specific type of offer. The offer that I share with that person is going to be very specific to prenatal adjustments. But if I can build the relationship with her before she has her baby, well, she's going to bring. Her baby into me to be adjusted. She's going to continue to come into me after she has her child because, you know, having a child does a lot of different things to your body. So it's a time when they need you the most, but they're also most receptive to you. That's ultimately when I started the relationship with my chiropractor. I mean, I wasn't honestly really seeking them deeply when I was pregnant. But you have these aches and pains and you're really looking for somebody that can help. And after I had my daughter, I had terrible back pain. It was something I'd never experienced. So I knew that I needed to find someone. I can't tell you how much money I spent with him in the first couple of months. It was a very intensive treatment plan, but it worked wonders. However, that's not something I would have needed at a different time in my life. And I still go to this person today and my daughter's about to start going to him too. So it's really kind of an example from my own life, but it just shows you how much money you can ultimately make from people when you start the relationship at the right moment.
0: I know we're about to talk about the ads angle here. But before we get there, you kind of hinted at this, a video or a link. I'm sure a lot of people right now are wondering, do I need to create my own videos? Do I need to link to my own content? Or actually, can I link to someone else's video or share someone else's video? Can I link to someone else's content, you know, and curate it and still accomplish the same objectives? What's your thoughts on that?
1: You definitely can. But for me, Because the relationship building aspect is so important, I think that it's so powerful to especially do your own video. Got it. Video is the single best thing that will improve results in other areas for a couple of reasons. I mean, they're able to see someone's face, hear someone's voice, and we as people just respond to other humans, especially in a time like this where we've been really denied a lot of close human contact we're just drawn to that as people. So if you have a video that is animated or that is not people in your business, it's not that it can't work, but I far prefer for businesses to try and create their own video. That doesn't mean that it has to be the owner. It doesn't mean that it has to be the manager. It can be anyone in the business that feels comfortable talking about what they want to talk about. And You can do the same thing for blog content. You can link to other people's articles. Ultimately, it should still be counted as engagement in your Facebook custom audiences. So that's still going to be able to build a great audience of people. However... What you really should be doing is segmenting these audiences by the types of content that you're putting out. Mm-hmm. So, if we go back to the running example, if I've got a video that's talking about the best ways to shave down your um, Ironman running time, you know, that's clearly for my advanced runner. Versus my topic about, you know, three ways to run a mile without quitting, that's going to be my brand new runner. If I'm linking to other people's content, there's not a way for me to separate those two. However, if I'm doing my own content, I can say every single video that's related to my experienced runners, they're all in one audience. Every video or article even that's related to my new runners, those are all in one audience. Because ultimately, even if your offer may be the same, which usually it's not going to be, you are still going to speak to those people differently if you truly want to talk about their fears and their desires and what they hope to see and their, their challenges. Because that new runner and that marathon runner, they have extremely different experiences with what they need from you. So unless I am doing my own content, It's basically just going to be lumped all into this engagement bucket. And if you are switching up the types of content you're putting out to either focus on different products or services and those related topics, or those different avatars and those related topics, it doesn't become quite as effective because I don't have a way to truthfully identify who engaged with what, unless it was my own.
0: Yeah, it's very important for those that aren't ad savvy. You might not have realized we've pivoted into ads because some of these words like audience, you know, could mean something different to you if you're not familiar with ads. So why don't you just briefly describe the mechanics of how you can create a custom audience or whatever they call it so that you can ultimately target an ad towards them through your organic content?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you are simply posting content on your business page, Without knowing it, you are building a custom audience. However, that audience doesn't exist until you actually create it. So in Ads Manager, you would go into the Audiences tab and you have the ability to create three different types of audiences. One of them is that custom audience, which is what we're talking about right now. Then you have your saved audiences. Those are more demographics, geographics and interest-based targeting. Those are ultimately the places where you're going to send this content. But we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. And then you've got your lookalike audiences, which we're really not going to cover heavily right now. Your custom audiences allow you to select different things. So one of those custom audiences is your website audience. However, we don't have the ability to just say anybody who goes to my website. We actually have the ability to say, Anybody who goes to this specific page on my website or spends a number of minutes or time on my website or who goes to this page, but not this page. So there's a lot of options that we have, but that's one example. And it doesn't matter
0: whether they came off Facebook or not. We should clarify that, right?
1: correct yes which is super powerful for so many reasons right but your website audience then you've got your engagement audience with either your facebook business page or even your business instagram page that is going to be classified Unless you're really changing the settings as anybody who's engaged with you on those platforms. That could be a like, a comment, a share, a click. So you don't exactly know what they did necessarily, but you know that they did engage with you in some way. And you can narrow that down a bit, but ultimately you can't pick and choose which posts they engaged with. So if you do have that variety in your content, you're not going to be able to separate them there. You also have video audiences. Those are amazing, especially if you are doing these really specific topics for video. And that's because we not only have the ability to choose which videos go in which audiences, so I could have an audience for every single video. And what that means is the people who watch X amount of time on this video, I have them in a group so that I could send them an ad specifically, just these people.
0: Uh, Real quick, how long do you recommend they watch the video before they get put into that category?
1: So it really kind of depends. You definitely want to bump it up as time goes on, in my opinion, but when you're just getting started, you're really trying to build a warm audience. Ultimately, if you don't have a huge budget, which most people are not going to, you're not gonna have the funds to hit everyone in your city with ads for your business. So we wanna take that larger audience and we really wanna narrow it down to a group that we can just have an increased frequency with. We can show them more things on a more regular basis so they become a lot more accustomed to us. And if we've done it right, they're gonna be the right types of people already. So if we want to say 25% of this video has to be watched, that's a fine starting point in my opinion. I like using the percentages because at that point, it doesn't matter how long the video was. If you're doing different lengths of videos, it's going to be 25% regardless. Sometimes you could do a 15 second through play, which is what it's called. Those are fine, but ultimately that means that it's going to be 50% of a 30 second video. That's not to say it's not a good idea, but you might just want to consider starting a little bit lower and then building up to even 75% of that video has to be viewed before that person's going to get another ad
0: real quick. Are videos the only thing that you can target specifically by video? Can you not target by just generic posts that are not video? Like if they viewed this post, you can't really create a custom audience out of them. Can you or can you?
1: Exactly. No, you can't. And that's why, you know, creating original content is important. So we can do it with blogs just by selecting the blog URL for that website audience. And it's interesting because of course we create content because we want people to read it, but. Ultimately, the click of that blog is what will tell you if that person could be a good potential fit because if the topic was right, you know they had an interest in that. I'm not clicking on a blog about ways to improve my health during pregnancy if I'm not pregnant, if I don't really have an interest in it. So even if they don't read that entire article, our purpose has still been served just by getting those specific clicks into their own little audience. So it's very, very powerful.
0: So as we're coming to the end of our time together, is there anything else you want to say about the connection between the ads and the organic side of things?
1: Yes. So I really would say that if you want to get serious about focusing on social media marketing, you should be putting at bare minimum some money into it because you're just not going to reach enough people to justify your time in a lot of cases. So if you are spending time doing these things, I would really ask myself, is this worthy of investing money in? Does this tell me anything about my audience or how receptive they would be to what I have to offer by putting this out there? And if the answer is no, you probably should not be spending your time creating that thing. And so when you really do say, okay, I am going to invest just $10 in every single piece of content. Even if you don't have that many posts or even if you have 30 posts a month, it's still ultimately not that much money, but you're gonna be able to reach a lot of new people. You're gonna be able to test a lot, test creative test topics, test the copy. You're going to build so many insights about this audience. And just by simply putting money into those things, your community is going to start seeing you a lot. Sometimes just the engagement side of it is huge. If you can really get some pieces of content that are heavily engaged with, you know, whether it's comments, likes, shares, views, You actually get a lot of local recognition for that. I can't tell you how many times people have literally been stopped in their community from just doing videos or from having really good Facebook posts. But you're never going to have that if you don't invest anything because it's not going to allow you to reach enough people on a regular basis organically. So I would just say make this content a piece of your paid strategy, even if it's all you can do right now to invest $10 in every single piece that you create. And then ultimately, when you are ready to start investing more in your actual lead generation focused ads, you're going to have those audiences in place. You're going to have the community recognition. You're going to have that trust and credibility factor built in, and you're going to be so much more successful because of it.
0: And once you create the audience, how long does it live for before it's gone? (laughs)
1: It depends on the type of audience you're creating. So for your website, the maximum number of days is 180. For your engagement audiences, for Facebook or Instagram, it's a year. For video, it's also a year. That's another reason why I really like it. Got if it. your business has a long buying cycle, that's pretty important. You want yeah. to know those people.
0: So you can set those audiences up and wait to, to, to market to them a little bit down the stream, is what I'm really hearing you say, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to be ready to go today to start putting this into action and seeing some of the benefits.
0: Allie, thank you so much. Uh, I know we could have gone on and on. There's so much to this. Tell everybody where they can discover you and all the cool things you've got doing if they want to track you down and learn more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like you said earlier, my podcast is called Marketing Inc. Big Ideas for Local Businesses. That's a great place to get a lot more info. We go into a lot about the actual content creation processes. So that's something we didn't get time to go into. If you want to learn that, that's a great place. I did just do a five-day content creation challenge in my Facebook group. It's also called Remodel Your Marketing Local Growth Community. So that would be another way to dive deeper into this topic. Or just look me up at AllieBloidMedia.com or AllieBloyd Media, really, on any of the social platforms. And I'd be happy to connect with you guys.
0: Allie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your wisdom and insights with us.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It was great.
0: Hey, by the way, if you missed anything that was mentioned, we took all the notes. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 415. If you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button. If you've been a long time listener, would you let your friends know about this show? That would help us get more people to listen, which we always want. And this brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast talking host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change.